Read all the stories about BYU sports no one else has heard. Go to kslsports.com for exclusive columns by BYU insider Mitch Harper. That's kslsports.com. Season finale of Big First and 12 here, a Big 12 check-in every single week here on KSL News Radio and the KSL Sports Zone. Mitch Harper, Alex Carey been with you every week during the Big 12 football season and it has been a blast. Even though this team that we're talking about, the BYU Cougars, was far from a blast. It was a, an up and down roller coaster, and there, there were some real downs as the Cougars crawled to a five and seven finish. And now they have questions as to who they go, who they replaced on their coaching staff. A lot of questions that need to be answered for this program. But in year one of the Big Twelve, Alex, they got a real taste of of life in the Power Five league, and and it was, I think, an eye opener for the Cougars. Yeah, and, you know, and the fan base too, right? I mean, I think that what ends up happening is you watch, uh, you know, the team and you kind of try to figure out exactly where they're going to be and you, try to, and you try to guess from week to week, right? And we're the worst of it because we have, you know, we, we don't just swoop in and kind of get a, a, you know, a small glimpse of what the team is. We over, over, over analyze and we break it down and we listen to these interviews all week and we kind of uh, are so closely associated with these teams that we cover here locally, especially BYU in the case – for you and, and and you know we kind of have to jump into these teams so deep that we tried to figure it out right along the way and try to have the answers along the way and try to have the fixes along the way and I think when you're that closely associated with it it's hard to really get a, a step back and really kind of see what the team for what it was which was not ready for power five football yet and that's the way that teams when they get into the power five uh they they find it out right I mean I think the difficulty was is that BYU also found out that when times got tough, uh, they weren't ready for that either. I think that was the part that I think people really uh, had to get a dose of, Mitch, was the coaching staff, the fan base, the team itself were not ready for, uh, you know, a losing streak that was the the type of losing streak that they saw because it wasn't just losing games. It was historically bad offense. It was historically bad running game. It was historically bad quarterback play. And so those things uh, all adding up made it feel like that that 5-7 and seven felt even worse, right? I'm not trying to pile on here. I just think that it was a shocker for me even to watch uh, that, understanding kind of what BYU had talent-wise and then actually kind of missing on that. And, and maybe it was because they weren't ready for the, the, the level of failure that they had and that kind of sort of – snowballed and it made it worse and then the pointing fingers inside and outside the locker room probably got to them as well and the blowout losses too to tcu to texas west virginia iowa state like five and seven i think alex would have been a schedule or record that fans would have said okay you know year one of the big 12 you can live with that and move on and understand that this was a big step up for the program but how low they fell where it was like, can you get a first down? Can you get a stop on third down defensively? That's how bad it got in some stretches. And the beatdown they took in, in West Virginia, that was one of the worst performances I've ever seen from a yeah. BYU football team to where you could have made the argument, clean out the whole entire staff. It was a fireable offense across the board. So credit BYU to actually kind of dig in a little bit and actually show some life against Oklahoma and Oklahoma State? Because I'll tell you, Alex, I, I did not think they had it in them to be competitive at all. I thought in those games against the Sooners and Pokes, I thought they are just going to get wrecked. They are going to be destroyed. So uh, that was some promise, and I think that gives you some hope. But I think looking forward, you know, what do you do at quarterback? Because yeah. as we talked in the opening segment, this league – 
there, there's a real power. There's a real opening to be the best quarterback in the Big 12 next year. I, I think there's a case <laughs> right. to be made with some of the newcomers, and we'll get to them here shortly. But you know, as far as the returning members in the Big 12, who's going to be that top QB? And BYU right now doesn't have anyone that says they're the guy. It's not Jake Retzlaff. And if you really want to get real crazy and throw out a wild card like I've done. Maybe it'd be Ryder Burton, but that just sounds extreme to go with an 18-year-old in year two of the Big 12 when you have jobs on the line. So this is a critical offseason for Kalani Sataki and his staff to really get some quick fixes to where they're in a position where they can get to be competitive but also get to a bowl game next year. Yeah, and I would say, too, that you have to pump the brakes a little bit on just like, well, go to the portal. Hey, Will yeah. Howard's available. Like, I, I mean, I'm telling you, you and I both saw the same thing out of Will Howard, which was – He's a mid-Big 12 quarterback, which is what we found out is not a great quarterback, right? We thought Will Howard was going to get benched at one point this year, right, by Kansas State. Mm-hmm. I think that you heard this week that Matt Rule had said, the head coach of Nebraska, hey, you're going to need $1 to $2 million to get a quarterback uh, out of this, uh, you know, that's a competitive, good quarterback out of, the, out of the transfer portal. And that should punch BYU fans in the gut because you're not going to compete that way. Yeah. You're going to have to attract a, a, you're going to have to attract a good quarterback out of the transfer portal in some, with something else. Uh, unfortunately, and it's not going to be a seven-figure deal, certainly. And so I, I think that what, the way you attract people – and I'll, I'll say this too, Mitch. A one-off quarterback is not what you need out of the transfer portal anyway. The reality is even if you get somebody out of the transfer portal, you need a couple of years with them. And so if you're going to go into the transfer portal and grab somebody, if it's going to have – if you're going to have even so, some sort of a, a, a vision of hope that you've got, oh, let's get the next Bo uh, Nix, let's get the next Michael Penix Jr., both of those guys, they're not in their first year. They're not one-and-done guys, right? Uh, any of these quarterbacks that, that you look at that are that are uh, transfer portal quarterbacks, they are not one-and-done people, right? And so do not look for a one-and-done. Don't look for another Keaton Slovis. And 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 you're right, but it, but it has to be something because the reality is, is that, yeah, the quarterback room is a struggle right now, and I just don't see – developing somebody like Jake Redslap like that's going to turn a corner massively next year. But I don't know, maybe you disagree with me, but I, I'm looking at the transfer portal and saying grab somebody who's got two years or maybe even three left, and maybe you develop from there or at least put them in the quarterback room to be competitive against the guys you already have. Completely agree, and I wouldn't be surprised, Alex, if Arizona State quarterback transfer Drew Pine is someone that BYU targets. I know mm. that doesn't excite folks, He but he was kind of the – plan B in the 2023 cycle behind right. Slovis for BYU. Notre Dame, Notre Dame guy that beat him at the at Allegiant Stadium yes. a couple of years ago. You know, and it's interesting, too, because with the transfer portal, I thought BYU adding a top 20 transfer portal class, I thought, you know, that might be enough to get to six wins, but it might have been too much influx of newness for BYU in a new league. And it almost seems like, you know, adding, you know, 25 transfers was, was too high of a number. I mean, maybe the sweet spot is is 12 to 15 but the problem that there Alex is is the roster returning I don't know who you see in the underclassmen that's a, a, a bona fide power five big 12 guy right. I don't know there's not many I mean Sialia Sarah really like him he's a young linebacker Harrison Taggart like him Ace Kafusi. it's kind of residing at the same position but outside of that I'm kind of like underwhelmed with a lot of the the future prospects at the position and that's where you think 
Kalani has to maybe go to the portal in large numbers once again. But you look at transfer portal classes around the country, the number one portal class in the 2023 cycle was Colorado. They're not too happy right now going 4-8. and eight. Uh, USC was number four. They're 7-5, and five and they're completely underwhelmed. And number five was Auburn. And, and they lost to New Mexico State. So, <laughs> you know, the, the transfer portal, as we're getting more intel every year uh, about this thing and, and the volume in which you turn to with these classes – it just seems like you can't go completely, uh, you know, extreme with that portal. I think USC a couple of years ago was this, uh, you know, chasing ghost situation where people thought, oh, you can just get that quick Lincoln Riley fix, but that's USC. BYU's not going to be that, and you got to be able to still develop at BYU. And the high school recruiting has to improve for the program. And I think an underrated storyline that when I look back at this year, Alex, that I think hurt BYU was their strength and conditioning staff was new, but they didn't get it finalized until June. And I kind of wonder if that was a piece as to why BYU was such a soft football team this year because typically with BYU in recent years, it's been a violent football team, especially at the line of scrimmage. When you add in all the new faces and then you add in a a strength and conditioning staff that didn't get finalized until after Memorial Day, I think it kind of left BYU as, as a soft team. And the first impression in this new league was that BYU is kind of a pushover, which was not expected coming into yeah. this conference, and that's a big right. disappointment. Okay, well, since you went since since you went so negative, Mitch, gosh, I can't believe you. <laughs> uh, give me something positive that BYU fans can uh, kind of chew on here. Uh, you know, while we're talking about it, that might make them feel a little bit better about next season. I think that BYU will find a way to get to a bowl game because. Kalani Sataki, I think, will whenever he pulls a coaching staff lever and he makes a change, he always upgrades. And even though Jay Hill, you know, statistically it was not pretty this year. I mean, they finished what? Uh, you know, they were hundred seventh in total defense this year. Not much, for, not far off from what Elisa Tuiaki's defense was. But I thought it still upgraded. I, I think that BYU will find a way to upgrade and get the most out of this offensive line. And I think also too, you got to hope. That you can get some of those COVID juniors back. COVID junior backs. You talked with Connor Pay this week on JJ and Alex. Get him back. Uh, you know, try to get a Ben Bywater back. Get a Tyler Batty back. I think those are guys that if you can get them, that's almost like a big transfer portal win. But those guys, unlike a portal guy, they've got continuity. They've got buy into this program and they want to turn it around. So that's got to be the move. And I think there's got to there's a big push to try to get those guys back and maybe pivot from NIL for all 123 guys and maybe focus on guys at the top. Let's take another break here. We'll come back. Uh, our program, by the way, brought to you by Macy's. Happy shopping. Get the freshest fruits and vegetables. Get your local, uh, the local brands that you really, really appreciate. Uh, of course, Macy's does such a great job, and they've uh, supported us all season long. Macy's happy shopping. All right, we'll take the break here. We'll come back. More to go on First and 12 on KSL News Radio and the KSL Sports Zone. We'll break down Utah's season as we uh, look forward into their first season of the Big 12. Stay right here with us.